BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey, welcome to the show. Coming up in about 15 minutes, uh, another keyword. Your chance to win $1,000 in the KFI Cash Refill Contest. A quick reminder that in two days, we'll roll back out with Moistline, folks. So if you want to leave a message, get to it. Use the iHeartRadio app. The microphone icon is a way to connect directly to the show with a uh, Moistline message. Call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86. Damian Guerrero was given parole by the parole board here in California. We talked about him uh, earlier this month. Guerrero and an accomplice. That'll be next month because today's the first of Oh, February. right. Today, yeah. Today's for, yeah. It'll be last month. Uh, I think it was last week, actually. Yeah. Guerrero and his accomplice took turns shooting Kelly Bullwinkle in a Redlands Orange Grove in September 2003. Took turns shooting her in the head and then buried her in a shallow grave they dug the day before. And it was really just a brutal killing. Yeah. Guerrero gets gets convicted, um, and he has spent uh, well, time in prison the, uh, since 2008, but now he was up for parole. I mean, this is worth pointing out again. Uh, they came close to convicting him in March of 2005, but they deadlocked 11 to 1 on first-degree murder. But he was convicted, uh, and eventually he reached a uh, plea deal. He pled guilty to second-degree murder with an enhancement of using a gun. So that's how he got 15 years to life. So that's how he's eligible for parole every now and then. Yeah. So now we're we're 15 years past the conviction. And for the past four years, I guess, he's been up for parole. In October of 2019, he got parole, but Newsom said, no, you're not getting released. So let's uh, talk now to uh, Rob McDermott. He was the one who alerted us to this case. Yeah, and uh, this is this is not the final decision, and he's going to explain what the next next steps are going to be. Rob, welcome welcome again to the show. How are you? I'm doing darn good. Uh, other than last night's ridiculous decision, um, I can't believe that they 
they went this route. I have to say these parole hearings are a joke. Uh, we had a petitioner actually go out and give us a play-by-play. The entire hearing lasted less than a half hour. Uh, Commissioner Barton basically hogged the majority of that time, speaking and questioning Guerrero. Uh, the other commissioner, Castro, did uh, basically a puff piece, a very brief question and answer exchange with Guerrero. Multiple statements were read by multiple people. Uh, our particular petitioner doesn't want her name mentioned because she does have a history with uh, Guerrero as far as antagonism. She's worried that he might uh, decide to enact revenge if he does actually get released. Mm. According to the way she recorded it, um, after all those people got to speak, um, there was a break at 1049. They came back at 11. That's 11 minutes, and that's how much time they gave her. It was obvious their minds were already made up. Commissioner Barton at 11.01 read the decision and began reading, get ready for this, a prepared statement identifying why they were granting him parole, which means despite all the petitions, despite all the people that actually went there to you know, read their statements in person, they had already made their decision before they walked into that room. So the parole hearing was a sham. Absolutely. 100%. Is this the same people that gave him parole in 2019 that Newsom denied? Is it the same group? Um, No. um, They do rotate these commissioners. So uh, in answer to that question, they are not. However, they gave a really bogus excuse. Get ready for this. Commissioner Barton said that the California laws and the youthful offender status effectively ties their hands and that the inmate had met the criteria allowing him parole. What's funny about that is this. In 2021, the prior parole board, okay, that's a year ago, completely denied him, denied Guerrero parole, because he was still a threat and a danger to the public. So what what Barton basically said is nonsense. Okay, they could have denied him parole based on the fact that he represents a danger to the public at large, which he does. This guy spent the entire time during the investigation lying to investigators, telling them he didn't have a gun. He prepared clothes in order to uh, make sure he couldn't be tied to the killing. Okay, this was calculated. It was premeditated. There was no remorse or no accident. This guy is a danger, and the gun has never been found. And you know why? Because he lied and said he didn't know where it was. Now, this is a guy that also lied to the police and said, I don't have a gun. But they did find the bullet from the gun that was used to kill her in his jewelry box of souvenirs in his bedroom. Nice. So this was an absolute all right. This was an absolute joke. By the way, he was 19 at the time of the crime. That's where they're bringing up the youthful offender. He wasn't uh, underage. He, 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 yeah, which 19 is an adult. Uh, a, a, it is, but legal. they grant a little uh, more leeway for people that are uh, like under 25 or under. I want to go. I want to go through uh, the previous uh, parole action here because Newsom in in March of 2020 reversed yes. the parole board's decision. The board wanted to let. Uh, Guerrero go. Newsom said that he thought Guerrero was only in the beginning stages of understanding how he came to commit the brutal crime. And then Guerrero was denied parole in June of 2021. And I guess that was that that, that's when you had parole uh, board members saying that he's not ready to uh, to be let go. That's correct. Um, 
So what has changed now in 2023? If they thought he wasn't ready in 2021, what what what's the dramatic change? Or is just a, this a different set of parole board members who have a let them all out philosophy? I would say that what you just came up with is exactly right. There is no way those people sat through and reviewed the case with any degree of conscience and got past the first page that talks about all the good that Guerrero has done while he's been in prison. He completed mail order courses and got his college degrees. He did some drawings of, you know, trees and plants and donated them in Kelly's name. You know something? I I never understand that at all. And I realize the whole system is just about dumping prisoners into the streets. But the, 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 the theatrics they go through saying, well, he took these courses and he's doing this artwork. It's like somebody's, uh, job or hobbies have nothing to do with psychotic impulses. It's two separate parts of the brain there. And you know what? This is where you're right, because when you really think about it, he's doing these drawings as an example, and he's using her as subject matter and using it to donate in her name. That's stalker behavior. Okay, here you are. This is the victim that you murdered, and now you're drawing pictures and sending them out in her name. The fact that this person has even been considered for parole, set the youthful offender nonsense aside, okay? They planned this. Anybody that reads past the cover page is going to look and go, wow, they tricked this girl, five foot one, less than 100 pounds, took her up into a canyon and shot her in the head multiple times, okay? Like you said, then they threw garbage on her, a discarded couch, and took her car to Ontario Mills Mall, okay? Then they went to dinner and a movie. Oh, that's because really psychotic that prepared, behavior. That is. That was their prepared alibi. Yeah. They even had changes of clothes in the car, and this is all in court testimony. Okay. This is stuff from the actual trial. And, I spoke to Karen Newton uh, Wilson, who was actually the jury foreman on Nordman's case, because they used separate juries, even though it was the same trial. They were absolutely convinced that they both worked in concert and they were both guilty. And for some reason, that one not that knothead that held it out on Guerrero's qualified him for that youthful offender um, clause. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tell us what. Quickly. Tell us what you guys are doing now and what's next. Right. Okay. So we have a new site. It's called Stop Kelly's Killer, and that's at Change.org. Um, Change.org was nice enough to let us reestablish a new petition, even though it's the same subject matter. It is different times, so we need people to go to the site. We have the direct line to Newsom's parole review. Um, so this way we don't have to uh, wind up getting circumvented in other directions. And all of that is up right now. We're going to flesh it out tonight because we were just uh, given the go ahead this morning. So we need them to go to stop Kelly's killer at change.org. And we need everybody can qualify anybody in the United States. If they want to can write in and give their opinions. And we're hoping that, uh, Governor Newsom will hold the line like he's done before. And, you know, he has his imperfections, but for whatever reason, he's been very firm on letting, not letting killers get out. And we're hoping to, uh, you know, work on that side of him. All right, Rob, thanks for coming on and thanks for all your work on this. Hey, you know what, guys? I appreciate it. You guys are always champions for folks like this. And I know you've made a difference. And I'm really thankful that you guys had me on. All right, that's uh, Rob McDermott.
uh, who contacted us about this case. So Damian Matthew Guerrero apparently has been granted parole by a parole board. Uh, it's his fourth hearing. He was denied a couple of years back, and Newsom uh, was the one that denied him, but he was uh, not granted parole two years back, but this time he got it. And uh, it says here that it's possible that the parole board could make a full review of the case and change its mind, but if they don't, it goes to Newsom. And again, he killed Kelly Bullwinkle back in September of 2003 out in Redlands. John and Ken, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere the iHeartRadio app. All right, well, uh, we'll play you this story from ABC7 reporter Carlos Granda. It's about uh, Chief Takenee. That's what we call him, Chief Takenee. <laughs> Michael Moore did get a second term as uh, chief of the Los Angeles Police Department. Let's listen. The future of LAPD Chief Michael Moore comes as the country is again looking at the actions of all law enforcement. The department is also reviewing its own policies on the use of tasers as questions are being raised about the death of Keenan Anderson. The chief was asked about officer-involved shootings and de-escalation. This is an area that we've been uh, focused on for quite some time and we've uh, uh, strengthened our policies, our procedures. During today's public hearing, most callers were against his reappointment. There were some supporters. You talked about the peacefulness of cops. You are so out of touch, it is disturbing, and you must go. And again, no more more. We don't need more. I'm praying that our commissioners, the mayor and city council, will select Chief Moore for a second term. He's a fabulous leader. Moore has led the LAPD during a time when policing is being scrutinized. Back in 2020, the murder of George Floyd sent tens of thousands of protesters into the streets of L.A. This week, there were more protests after the beating of Tyree Nichols. I'm inclined to uh, support your reappointment in part because I believe you've, uh, all things considered, you've been effective in providing the steady leadership to the department. Commissioners went into closed session as they decided what to do, and when they came out, they made the announcement. There was a motion and a vote to approve the reappointment of the chief of police for a second five-year term, and that motion passed unanimously. Uh, we look forward to working with you um, and in instituting um, some of the reforms uh, that we look forward to seeing you implement some of the things that we've discussed here today. My promise going forward, my commitment is to, is to lead this organization as I have uh, in my first term, and that is to build on the community trust and, and build on community safety. And Moore has said he would likely only serve two or three years. Mayor Karen Bass says she spoke with Moore and spoke to him about the need for police reforms, such as mental health training, and that she supports his same, reappointment. Same report over and over and over again. Man. Uh, you you want to hear some really interesting facts? Usually there's not room in these stories for facts. Now, yeah. Jason Riley wrote a column in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, and he quoted a report from 2021 Manhattan Institute, uh, which found that police killings of African-Americans declined by 60 to 80 percent from the late 1960s to the early 2000s and have remained at this level ever since. 60 to 80 percent fewer killings of African-Americans. There was a study in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Surgery five years ago looked at a million service calls to police departments in Arizona, Louisiana, and North Carolina. One million police calls. And found that officers used physical force in the course of arrests less than 1% of the time. Wow. Moreover, of those situations where force was used, 98% of the suspects who were arrested using force 
sustained no or mild injury. In New York City, home to the nation's largest police department, police shootings have declined by about 90% since the early 1970s. Nationwide, in 2019, police killed 999 people. Almost all of them had weapons. Uh, The victims, 424 whites, 253 blacks. 26 whites were unarmed, 12 blacks were unarmed. Hmm. So you could see that the events of uh, anyone getting killed or injured in use of force situations is exceedingly rare. And nearly all of them happen when, nearly all the killings happen when a person is armed. That is the big picture, right? And that's important to keep in mind. So everybody, people are getting worked up over these now that we have all this video. But you see, again, I'm talking. That's all just emotion and theatrics. I know fundraising, and uh, it's an effort by people who want to stop policing. They don't like policing, right? But they have. I keep seeing this story. We need more mental health counselors. They have no factual arguments, and they have very little support, even in black neighborhoods. Uh, among among black voters, uh, 70 to 80 percent of black voters want the police to be fully funded. This is an extreme, radical minority viewpoint, and they get covered by all these progressive journalists. I know. Uh, but it's not the what what it's not what most normal people think, because it's a pre- preposterous idea not to have fully funded police. It's preposterous. Nobody wants that except these these anarchists. The anarchists. Yeah. I- who believe that any policing is bad policing. So I, I, it's really tiresome to be invoking George Floyd constantly. George Floyd was a big news story because it was so rare, so extremely rare. Well, it doesn't go on every day. Not that I have a lot of sympathy for Michael Moore, though, when he took that knee, capitulated. Oh, oh no, because he, cause he perpetuates it by taking a knee. He legitimizes the entire movement, the idea that the police are inherently bad and racist and violent, and they're not. And no. to do that to his own police, him and Garcetti, the, you know, the killer's remark by Garcetti, him and, and more taking a knee. The city council Shameful. has the power to veto the commission's decision, but it's unlikely to happen because a veto requires 10 votes. And seven of the members have already expressed support. No, Michael Moore. Moore but you heard in the story there, he's not going to do all five years. It sounds like he doesn't want to. So he's been he's been there four and a half years. He gets another five years if he wants it, but he probably he's been a very obedient puppet. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Now that we have a different mayor. I don't know what his relationship with her is like, but uh, he has been a bit a strange puppet. All right, when we come back, we'll take another visit to one of our favorite California state agencies, the Employment Development Department, the one that pays out the unemployment money and got ripped off to the tune of $30 billion plus during the pandemic. The new development is that apparently the woman that runs the agency now is trying to blame the Trump administration for the pandemic <laughs> ripoffs. Well... There were a lot of things wrong with the Employment Development Department long before the pandemic. We'll talk about that. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Staycation. Who made that up? Well, you take time off, but you don't travel anywhere. We're taking a staycation. Oh, you're broke, huh? (laughs) John and Ken show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yes, we're on from 1 to 4. So if you miss any of the show, catch up with the podcast, which will be put up there right after 4 o'clock. At KFIAM640.com, also the iHeartRadio app. 
Now, Deborah Mark just read a weird zoo story about goats. Yes. What'd the guy do? <laughs> what happened? There? He cooked and eat that. He cooked and ate these goats. This former director of this zoo, it's in Mexico. Mexico. Yes. Well, goat is a very popular item on Mexican food menus. What? What's what he, kind of pygmy goats? Pygmy goats, yeah. And then he served them up at a Christmas party. <laughs> I mean, how disgusting. I doubt the guests knew what they were eating. So the goats were uh, an exhibit at the yes, zoo. Yes, they're, they're part of the zoo. He just takes them and, and, and kills them and cooks them. I mean, so who does this? He didn't uh, want to He didn't want to spring for the party, and he figured he'd just... Take, I got meat at my job. <laughs> I got plenty of, plenty of animals to Everybody eat. loves goat. Uh, <laughs> God. That's ever... I heard you read that story. I asked John if you ever ate goat. I ate goat once. We had friends. Um, uh, they were uh, from India. Oh. And so they had uh, some special uh, goat dish oh. that they did for a barbecue. He was he was roasting the goat on the barbecue. Oh, oh no. no. I mean, yeah. the whole goat, you could see it? or no, just not like the a... whole goat, but oh, it was like. Well, I meant like, you know, the spittle, how they turned the pig around. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> those luau's. Oh, yeah, God. the luau's. You can see the snout, the head. so disgusting. I, you know, I never stopped to think where. Where he got the goat from? Can you buy that in a supermarket or a specialty market? I, I think you can. Uh, yeah, probably. You can probably buy goat meat. No, right. it wasn't it wasn't a live goat on a spit. Oh, I, but that's what they do, though, with some. That way you know the food's yeah. really fresh. Uh. The animal's just been slaughtered, and you just put it right there on the... Uh, how could you guys eat meat after this? Huh? What did uh. they do to the, this director, this zoo guy? Well, he got fired. Just that's it? No criminal case? Yeah, I... I that all I see is that he was replaced. Goat replaced. cheese is really tasty. No. Mm, no. <laughs> she doesn't like any dairy. No. no. It comes from no. animals. It's no, no fun. No. F how is <laughs> eating goat cheese fun? I mean, I can think of a lot of things that are fun, and that would never, ever pop up on my list. A ever. goat barbecue is, 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 is a, a good time. Wow. And there's apparently a power outage at LAX, too? Yes, but it's been restored. Oh, it has been restored. It has been okay. restored. And it didn't really affect the flights. It was like no. the traffic lights and stuff. And yeah, and then also... Oh, I heard you say TSA, TSA screening. TSA screening, yeah, <laughs> a lot of terminals. Well, well they, I think they just held everybody up because they can't just let people go through. Right, if they exactly. Yeah. So probably but everything's good now. All right. Uh, our favorite California agency is back in the news, the Employment Development Department. And apparently a congressman from Kentucky named James Comer. Oh, watch this guy. He's yeah. in charge of one of the big committees. Oh, is he? And he's going after everybody. There's going all the investigations yeah. are going to come from uh, this guy Comer. Well, he made an allegation, quite true, that California's done a poor job fighting unemployment fraud. Well, we know that <laughs> during the pandemic, the state here was handing out money left and right, and of course, we ended up with more than thirty billion dollars in fraudulent claims. I don't know what the final tally will be, but that's the last tally I saw. They'll never admit to it. But the woman that runs the Employment Development Department has swung back. Her name is Nancy Farias against these allegations. The president, President Donald Trump's administration neglected state efforts to combat domestic and foreign criminals, collecting billions of dollars fraudulently from overwhelmed unemployment system. California's Employment Development Director said this the other day. Wait, wait, well, wait a second. They're I know. Boy, the, the Newsom administration is just an, an absurdity. Every single thing that they screw up, they blame Trump for. Yes. I mean, we have almost, we have zero Republican influence in this state. It's 100% progressive Democrat influence, and yet everything that goes wrong is a guy who's out of office now and, and was uh, lives 3,000 miles away. 
Apparently, the California State Auditor completed an audit of the EDD some time ago, back in January 2021. Says there's been problems there for more than 10 years. That's So their problems go back well before the pandemic of 2020 and when Trump was president and they were handing out a lot of money. So this this hack, this lackey, Nancy Farias, yeah. is claiming it's the Trump administration when California's own auditor said the EDD has sucked for a decade. Right. And can't keep track of money. And in fact, one of the big reasons is that uh, back in 2020... The director then of the Employment Development Department, this is this uh, Julie Sue, um, she made the decision to suspend EDD eligibility requirements, according to the audit. And that, of course, opened the floodgates to fraudsters, which included a lot of prisoners. And she ended up with a high position in the Biden administration. Yeah, she did move on to better things, right. So her decision, it was to get rid of eligibility requirements, and boom. What happened? Well, of co- well, if there's no requirements, well, of course, the entire world is going to try to rip you off. And the entire world did. <clears throat> so this is just honestly, I don't know why she would what a, battle back. There's just a bunch of foolish liars. Oh, by the way, before she became EDD director. Yeah, you're right, John. Payoffs. He was director of government relations at SEIU Local 1000. Right. She had a union hack job. Union hack job and then gets promoted to... Uh, yeah, because our union gives to your campaign. Can you turn around and give uh, somebody a place, a job in your administration? And uh, Newsom appointed her and, as and, head of the uh, Employment Development Department. Uh, Katie Grimes for uh, CaliforniaGlobe.com said, Nancy Farias is blaming the Trump administration when it was the Trump administration that caught and notified EDD that you could not suspend eligibility requirements. Now, I do remember that. Yes, so there was a warning I remember that went out saying you got to watch what you're doing there. It wasn't the Trump administration that lifted the eligibility requirements and allowed all the fraud. It was Gavin Newsom's administration, and he got caught. And the and, and Trump's administration said, "No, you can't do that." But it was too late. Thirty billion went out the door. And what did but I read? Such incompetent liars. Even today, there's a story. That people are still getting those debit cards with their money on it. Uh, they're, they're, mm, yeah. They, they don't have a, um, a chip. So the skimmers, you know, those skim machines. Yeah. They can, they can, they can pick up and they can take money out of your account because they can, they can skim the card. When you use it, they put a skimmer machine in there to kind of track all the vitals, and then they go oh. in there and take money from you. And apparently, a number of people are reporting that they're looking at their uh, their balance and seeing it d- diminish. Oh, that's how it works. Because I was I was wondering. Yeah, why. you asked that the other day. It's because they right. don't have the chip function. So they give you a debit card, and you just use that. Yeah, the way. all my cards, credit cards have chips now. I don't oh, think yeah. I have any card that doesn't have a chip. No, it all has a chip. And in fact, if you still try to swipe it, the machine goes bip bip bip, doesn't accept it. You have to put the chip in. They want you to use the chip. Right. And there's a lot of it where you just tap. Yeah, because the chip is screen. encrypted. You can't get yeah, right. That's right. You can tap it or you can stick it in the. And then they can't, they can't skim that. They can't skim that. So that's why the uh, credit card companies did this a few years ago to prevent this kind of fraud. And Nancy Farias. EDD is so far behind because they're still working in like the 1970s. They're still handing out these debit cards to people without a chip, just a good old stripe. What a shameless hack she is. Just a, what a and we're paying her salary, right? So she can go to Washington and lie. Now you're right. Comer is chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability oh, yeah. Committee, which is investigating the California unemployment system. Yeah. Ah. Oh, they had a hearing today. We should probably find out more about that. Yeah, maybe there's some good audio for tomorrow.
All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We love to hear from you. The Moist Line, the iHeartRadio app is one way to get there with the microphone icon. Just leave a message directly or call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86. Well, here is another chapter in the saga that's going on in New York City. There were migrants who were housed at a hotel. Uh, Single men were told, it's $450 a night at this hotel. They were told that, well, we need to make more room in the hotel, so single young male migrants, we're going to move you to a ferry cruise terminal in Brooklyn. Well, it didn't go over well. Here is the report from New York City ABC 7 reporter Janice Yu. Well, the city points out the majority of migrant men have chosen to move to the shelter in Brooklyn, but a handful of people are still out here, saying they choose this, the sidewalk and the cold, over the shelter. Some migrant men showing no signs of backing down, choosing to sleep outside of the Watson Hotel on the sidewalk in snow and cold temperatures rather than in the shelter at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. We are not asking to return here, but someplace comfortable. We are not dogs. The city making another push to persuade migrants Tuesday. The city's commissioner of immigrant affairs, Manuel Castro, boarded a bus at the hotel with a small group of men and went to the shelter in Red Hook, Brooklyn, so they could see for themselves. But that did little to convince some of the men. I went to Brooklyn and I returned because it's uninhabitable. There was no heat and nothing nearby. Everything is far away. The migrants and activists have called the conditions uninhabitable, even prompting a visit to the facility by the mayor earlier this week. The city says, however, this is all misinformation. It says the 1,000-bed shelter is warm, has plenty of bathrooms, and there is free transportation to and from the terminal. We're not setting up detention centers. We're not setting up ice boxes, as it's been said. We're definitely not deporting people. It's quite dangerous to say that we're setting up detention centers. We're not forcefully removing people and sending them to uh, a, a camp as it's been spread. Meanwhile, the asylum seekers who've already relocated to Brooklyn say what the others are saying about the shelter are lies. One asylum seeker we spoke with says it's warm and comfortable and he feels safe. The city says the migrant men's stay at the Watson Hotel was meant to be temporary from the start. They say they're now trying to make room for migrant families at the hotel so they can all stay together. Get your own housing then. It says here in the Daily Mail story, the cruise terminal is 45 minutes away from uh, Brooklyn's Red Hook neighborhood. It, it, it comes equipped with a buffet food service and, a, and over 100 toilets and is temperature controlled. Yeah, I'd go there. So what they've done is, there's not that many, but they're camping out on the sidewalk, and apparently some of the neighbors oh, are like, what are they doing? Uh, we're paying high rent here. and uh, Yeah, so somebody said, I'm paying $2,000 a month for rent. I I don't want to see this. Well, you know what? Vote. I, I saw that quote from this guy who's all pissed off, right? Who did you vote for? Who did you vote for? You voted for probably a president and a Congress that that's, is that's allowing like open this. borders and and – City officials who up until this moment had a uh, sanctuary city, city policy. Right, exactly. So that's your fault. You're standing there on the street corner all pissed off and stamping your feet. Who are you voting for? They've been saying that the activists are getting these migrants going because I'm thinking they are. Migrants are often happy to get into the country. Usually so they get a chance and they come up to New York City and maybe they can get a job. But instead, these activists are the same thing. They rev up the homeless story, too. 
Oh, these accommodations are not good enough. We need something better. Yeah. We need privacy. You know, we need around the clock security. We the, need. To, I like that one guy that said it's not near anything. Well, what, what do you what do you want? Movie theaters? What do you want to, near anything? Yeah, fine dining restaurants. Yeah, he's he. Well, uh, mostly immigrants are scared and timid. What you have is the equivalent of union organizers now rounding them up and uh, giving them a speech and saying, you know, let let's stand up to the man. Let's stand up to the government here. Uh-huh. You ha- you have human rights. You, you deserve all this. Not, hey, you committed a crime, actually, and you could easily be deported. And you ought to be kissing the sidewalk that you're in a free country now. And you're going to get some opportunity. I feel like I, be, I'd deport all these people complaining. The claim is always, well, people who are underserved and underrepresented need a voice. I mean, I feel like that's all no, I hear anymore. I don't want to hear their voice. Well, the voices of media and activists. Yep. Who are uh, advocating for either the homeless or the poor migrants yeah. or, oh, my God, they, it just goes on and on and this, on. This is, the is this sick- all part of the debt we have to pay because we have a racist capitalist society? This is that is, what this is? I tell you, it's 6% of the country. I read, I read today. It is 6%. It is 6% because— Making all this noise? It's only— it's only. So uh, they're, they're all the uh, writers for the media yes. websites and the yeah. activists. And all their jobs are in media. Or these uh, activist nonprofit groups. Six percent of the country. Six percent of the country believes in this nonsense. This. I didn't yeah. know that. All right, well, that's a good stat. Uh, all right, we got uh, Conway here. Yeah. Hey, now. hey, I heard you guys. Uh, you heard uh, not you, Ken, but John talking about you used to live in Beverly Glen or Benedict Canyon. Or... Benedict Canyon, yeah. <laughs> but, but those are expensive homes. You've moved up from there. Actually, at the time, they weren't that expensive. Why? Why? What we, do you we, mean? They're like well, eight, seven, eight million dollar homes there. No, well, the story, no. the home in the story is only two million. It sold for in twenty nineteen. No, no, and the, the, the homes were going for about a quarter of that. Back. What are you right? fishing for here? What are you really I, doing? I don't know. I think this guy's hey, I was, beyond wealthy. You're holding out on him. Beyond wealthy. You are making more money than oh, I was yeah. making when I got here. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then good for me. I'm moving into Beverly Glen. Beverly Crest. Crest Glen. (laughs) Benedict Canyon. It's like people calling, uh, you know, North Hollywood Valley Village and Valley Glen. They live in North Hollywood. Yeah, really? Nobody wants that North Hollywood stigma. I know. But the postman says, you live in North Hollywood. Yeah. And that's where you live. Uh, Power out of Jelly X. We'll talk about that. Uh, Whole Foods is going to slash prices on hundreds of items. Uh Hundreds of items. And then uh, Tom Brady retires. I think we all uh, again that not happened shocked. last year, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, happened again this year. And then Doctor Phil is coming to an end. It's Good. over. Oh, it, it broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? No, what man. are you going to do in between you know two what? and three? I don't think I ever saw one of his shows. Really? No, we yeah. played some audio. We and played he's got some... that soft-spoken drawl. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, no, I know who he this is. This is another Oprah Winfrey project. Right? I never, you know Phil? Yeah. I've never yeah. seen an Oprah show all the way through either. Really? I never. No, I never watched it all the way through. No, I've seen snippets. That's it. You're acting, Tim, like you have watched all these shows all the way through. I like Dr. Phil. You do? Yes. He's a... uh, I always wondered what he did all day. (laughs) (laughs) Not Dr. Oz, but Dr. Phil. Do you remember that uh, the guy, the golden voice, uh, you know, uh, the guy that was a homeless guy in Ohio, and they called him the golden throat? Oh, yes, I do yeah. remember that guy, right? And then he went on to do the Kraft macaroni and cheese. You know you love it. That yes, guy. yes, I remember that. Uh, that guy was brought on to Dr. Phil, yeah. and Dr. Phil's, uh, I'm sorry, the golden throat's daughter said, my dad's lying, he still does coke, he drinks, and then a whole fight broke out. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was hooked. That, <laughs> that does get you. <laughs> but, but what else are you going to do in the middle of the day? That's right. That's right. Right. Now I got to. And now I got to leave the track early. Yeah. It sucks. That's right. Yeah. Ding dong. No wonder you guys don't go to the track. <laughs> got to leave early. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know when you work, <laughs> that's in the way. 
It sucks. Guy hasn't had a daytime job in 30 years. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely true. Yeah, 25 years. All right. Yeah. Conway's next. Big dog. I get up Mike, early. Michael Crozier at the news. Big dog. KFI, KMSD, to Los Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.